Welcome to the G3 Podcast. I am Virgil Walker, and this is Scott Annual, Dr. Scott Annual. Scott's fine. Scott's fine? Yeah. Good. Well, that's all I call you anyway. So, <laughs> Man, it's good to be back. It's a brand new season of the podcast. It's a brand new uh, uh, topics, all new things that we're doing here uh, at G3. We're in our brand new studio, uh, new for number of months, but we're back in it, man. It's good to be in this space. Brand new calendar year. Brand new calendar year, all new things. 2023, this is a big year for us. You got New Year's resolutions? Uh, I try not to make any New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Uh, I do I do know, for me, I have a season. <clears throat> My season of, of weight gain does happen like <laughs> October, November, December. Yeah, well, December's the worst. Always. Yeah, December's yeah. the worst. And then by January, I recognize I probably need to start working it off. But my thought is I'm not getting my, my you know, my, my big derriere into the gym <laughs> because everybody's in the gym in January. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I've got to figure out how to how to get it off. I'll start with some diet probably be late on the exercise and we'll pick up some exercise later on. Yep. How about for you? At well, yeah, I don't usually do a lot of routine, a lot of new year's resolutions, but yeah, definitely uh, cutting down on the food, yeah. getting back to my normal intermittent fasting plan, yes. exercise, yes. uh, new yeah. Bible reading plans. Those yes. are always good. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Check out, I'll, uh, I'll start that plans. as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So are you, I know, I know for G3, you usually put together uh, you and your, your, your wife put together kind of a reading plan, especially if your wife does this primarily for the homeschool folks. Yeah. And so what does that look like for everybody? Yeah. Well, and several years ago, I developed what I call the Bible narrative reading plan for my kids. And so that's available at tune my heart and that's on the G3 website. And there's a whole commentary to help wow. fathers lead their families and all sorts of resources. So, wow. uh, yeah, so that, that's what we use. Good. Yeah. Now, last year we did a big list of books and things like that. Are you guys doing that this year? Are yep. you going to wait yep. on that? Or? Yeah. G3 reading plans up and Good. running and Good. yep. Good. Absolutely. Good. Good deal. Encourage people to read. Good. That's well, a good thing. We've got a lot of things going on in 2023. I'll mention two things that are going to be coming up uh, on the calendar here. And that is, first of all, uh, we have our regional conference, our regional Spanish conference uh, that's coming up March 24th and 25th. Rushing up on your Spanish. I'm working on my Spanish, brother. That's been some drama as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Just making sure that all the stuff that we put on our web page uh, is specific in Spanish and uh, all. I mean, there's a lot of additional work, but I was glad to do it. Excited that they're going to be coming here to Praise Mill yeah. Baptist Church uh, March 24th through the 25th. It's going to be absolutely amazing. A number of great speakers. Uh, if you're interested, get on the website uh, g3men.org uh, and check that out. And then, of course, uh, the, the, the big cojona, so to speak, uh, the National Conference. Is that a Spanish word? The, is that a Spanish word? I don't know. The big shebang. The big shebang. Yeah, the big deal. Our our national conference uh, is actually going to be happening uh, September 21st through the 23rd. And again, it is on the doctrine of God's sovereignty. It's going to be absolutely amazing. The list of speakers, I mean, it just goes without saying, you know, the Vody Bacchums, the Paul Washers, I mean, (laughs) you name it, uh, they're going to be here. Stephen Lawson, I'm sure you're going to be doing something. I know I'll be doing something as well. Uh, Man, we're extremely excited. You don't want to miss that. Given the the nature of what what happens this year, what happened last year, as far as just the the political chaos, uh, all the drama that unfolded, it's really good to pause for just a moment 
and stop and and wrap your mind uh, around the sovereignty of God. Yeah. So, so that that's going to be important. The prime registration rate is almost almost gone. So yes, people need yes. to register quickly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. February, I think February rates 1st, go up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, rates yep. go up. So you'll definitely want to get on the website. Use every opportunity to to leverage access codes if you're uh, with with our church network or you're in the family in some way, shape, or form. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Families are welcome. Somebody just emailed the other day or on Facebook. Is this only for men? Right. And we said no. Women, children. We want everybody. Right. Right. That, yeah. it, it's interesting. We every year we get that they think uh, a lot of times I think due to the pre-conference uh, yeah. we'll have a pre-conference that's specifically aimed at pastors and so the question will be well is the conference is the main conference for the family and absolutely un- unlike most other conferences uh, this one and, and you know for sure is aimed at the entire family so yeah. you I definitely want to be a part and, yep. and uh, seeing strollers pushed around yes and kids everywhere yes it's fun. yes seeing kids uh, moms bring blankets for kids to sit down on the concrete and, yeah you know, homeschool field trip yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So mark your calendar September 21st through the 23rd. We definitely want you to be a part of that uh, big, big family reunion. So it'll be it'll be a great time. With that said, man, brand new year, brand new things. January, in my mind, uh, always brings around uh, two two major things, especially for me. Uh, and I, I don't know about for you, Scott. For me, I think about uh, January sixteenth, which is Martin Luther King's birthday. Of course, we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then, and then, as, as a black man, I often think of what comes right after that, which is uh, you know uh, Black History Month. Yeah, right. The shortest month on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> But it's there, right? Yeah. It's there. It's in place. But uh, but yeah, and, and the question then becomes: Do we need Black History Month? Yeah. And and why would we look at Black History Month? And all those kinds of questions begin to un- unfold. But as we think about this month, January, the month of January, with King's birthday, King's holiday coming up, people often ask me: Are you gonna Are you gonna take the day off? On, on the holiday yeah. and I say man I, I think I think King would want me to work yeah, so as a black man spe- okay. specifically I, I, yeah. I need to I need to be work so anyway again a light joke I jest with that yeah. but but I, I usually don't take the day off I yeah. usually just uh, enjoy that as, a, as an opportunity to kind of reflect upon some things but at the same time I got work to do and I'm going to get it done as it relates to King and, and I think about Dr. King I was really moved kind of late last year and I'd come to you about, about perhaps writing uh, a series of articles yeah. Uh, that really examined uh, the civil rights movement. As I looked uh, and, and kind of wanted to understand a little bit more about civil rights, uh, about what's, what took place during the time of, of Dr. Martin Luther King, I, I really began to assess, has there ever been any kind of a, a real critique, mm-hmm. uh, a real examination of with any movement uh, that you have when, when something positive takes place? Uh, historically speaking, I think there's a little, there's a little bit of, of revisionist history. Right. Uh, there's a little bit of the thought process that things were so wonderful and were so great uh, uh, that there's never a need to go back and examine maybe some some errors yeah. uh, or what we might have either a done wrongly or b done better. Yeah. Um, and so w- when I look at any kind of critique of of a the civil rights movement or b Dr. King, it's always there, there's never a, there's never a, a an honest critique. Right. It's always kind of the rosiest picture. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation, especially with you, because I mean the civil rights movement is not something I've like delved into real deeply, but especially with all that's been going on. In the culture last you know several years it's kind of one of those things that at least from my perspective and i i want to get your expertise on this i mean you know from one perspective the civil rights movement was needed and necessary would you say that right absolutely but then as you said in your first post 
but it's failed, mm-hmm. right? So there's so like like you're saying there's there's a mix. There yes. are some good things that happen, yes. and I've even wondered that with King himself. Mm-hmm. I've often thought there's some things that he's that he said during his lifetime and during the civil rights movement of his day that it seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong that the modern civil rights movement is actually contradicting things that he himself said. Is Absol- that fair? No, that's, a- that's absolutely accurate. And when, when, when you begin to think about the, I mean, the, 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 the pinnacle speech of, of not, not being judged by the, by the color of skin, right. but by the content of character, right? If, if the social justice movement uh, is, is the, is the, is the grandchild or is the child of the civil rights movement, what they're saying is in complete opposition. Right. Affirmative right? action, all these movements, they're actually saying we need to judge people on the color of their skin. Absolutely. Right? Rather than rather than content of character, or yeah. or if we examine if if there's any examination of character, uh, that very thought to examine character is indeed racist, yeah. uh, and so as a result we can't we can't do that. So I I wanted to give a critique. My first article kind of kind of did that in, in January uh, on on the fifth, put it out there. Um, wanted to get feedback from folks and uh, just get get an idea. Uh, the The name of the article, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, you'll find it on g3men.org. Uh, did the civil rights movement fail the black community? Did the civil rights movement fail the black community? <clears throat> I walk through kind of in this presentation all of the things that it took to to, to garner uh, equal rights for yep. for African Americans for black. I, I don't usually use the term African Americans. I just yeah. usually use the term black because I, I don't know anything about Africa and I don't know many people <laughs> want to go back there. So uh, with that said, I I, I I think about it in this way: the Thirteenth Amendment, which ended slavery. We we had the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, the Thirteenth Amendment, which ended slavery, the Fourteenth Amendment, which gives us uh, which gave us citizens uh, citizenship. 15th Amendment gives, gave all men at least the right to vote. Uh, from there, that was really just the beginning. Mm. Uh, because even with that, there was all kinds of, of pushback uh, from th- those who were still beholden to the ideas around slavery and of, of segregation. You had uh, peonage, you had black codes, you had Jim Crow laws. All of these things were efforts to thwart uh, the the rights that were given. And so those needed to be fought back against. So I, I want to start by saying I want to give King and those who, who followed him uh, their, their just dues yeah. and say to the point you made earlier – those things were necessary. Okay. Yeah. There was a fight that was necessary. Uh, at the same time, there were things that were missed. Before I get to that, how, how, when you hear this, uh, I'm, I'm curious for, for you know f- from your vantage point, when you hear about about King or the or the holidays, are, are you are, are, is is there is there this white guilt that comes on? Is yeah. there well, how do you how do you how do you process? Yeah. So that? If, I mean, from my perspective, like I said, I've not delved too deeply into King or the civil rights movement. I mean, I know generally what happened. I've read I've read uh, some things by King. Um, my my sort of take on things is more from the perspective of the nature of race mm. and ethnicity and culture, three categories that I think are often blurred together. Yes. And in my dissertation and some books I've written around those topics. So that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. Yeah. And then when I see some of these things in the modern civil rights movements and all of these sorts of things that are happening, uh, it it seems to me that some of the confusion and some of the problems are because of blurred categories that really don't line up with either scripture or even science when it comes to things like race. Is that fair? It is. I would love for you to unpack, because there was an article that that when I first came on staff at G3, you had submitted, and it was about the distinction between race and culture, I believe. Kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, again, this is where I did my my PhD work, because uh, I, I saw in discussions of culture, 
uh, that a lot of times there's a lot of heat when it comes to cultural matters, Mm -hmm. mainly because a lot of people define culture in racial terms. Uh, Even Christians who look at Scripture and say, okay, what in Scripture is culture? Because you're not going to find the word culture. Right. They tend to point to passages that use the word ethnos. Right. So ethnicity is culture. culture. Right. And then that brings into race. So to judge culture is to is to be racist and you have all these sorts of things. And and what I what I did is I, I said, okay, let's let's take the Bible at its face value. Let's look at what these terms mean. A, there is only one race. Right. There is the human race. Right. Biologically, you and I share, you know incredible uh, agreement and commonality, commonality when it comes to DNA and, right. and, and these sorts of things. Right. In fact, I saw, I, I saw a, a research article once that said, if you take a tall white man mm-hmm. and a tall black man, mm-hmm. a tall white man has more genetic similarity to a tall black man than he does to a short white man. Wow. I mean, skin color is like <clears throat> so minimal. So yeah. that's one thing. But then what about ethnicity? Well, ethnicity then, when you look at the texts and what the word means in the scriptures, it's it's not referring to culture. It's referring to a group of people that have a common heritage, uh, certainly a common culture because culture is a way of life. Sure. But that's a separate category as well. So all these categories need to be defined biblically, and I think we need to be careful about our language. Uh, race, one human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, ethnicities are groups of people, and, and, and when we define it that way, biblically, all people are made in the image of God. Right. All ethnicities right. are equal in value. Culture now, though, that's a different category. That's a way of life. Yeah. And as Christians, we want to be able to say some ways of life are consistent with biblical values right. and some are not. Right. And so now we're getting into the the, the level of cultural evaluation, right. but that's different than ethnicity and yeah. different than race. So that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. <clears throat> I think it's wise because for, for to, to, to make the distinction, I'll tell you this. I think looking from the outside, I can see how culture and and race or ethnicity get get convoluted yeah. just from a just from the lens of what we see in the media. And, and I'll say it this way: I was living in Omaha, Nebraska, right? And so I'm in I'm in the Midwest part of the country. So for for me, you know, in 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 that part of the world, uh, there's a there's very few blacks. In fact, the joke was that when I moved to Omaha, that I would I, my family would double the the ethnic population, right? The black population <laughs> when we got there. So that was the that was a bit, that was a running joke when when we. Having a G three too. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that that was the running joke, and so I, I thought little little of it. Culturally speaking, I'm in a space and place where where there's a lot of there's a lot of similarity yeah. with with my family, with where we moved to, with how we uh, you know in, engaged others. Culturally speaking, the images that I have of of blacks or of of you know of yeah black culture is what's fed to me through the media. Yeah. And as a result of not making the distinction that you just did between race and culture, I think what the end user ends up ends up receiving is, oh, that's black. Yeah. Rather than that's a that's hip hop culture or that's this culture. Yes, let me ask you. So you you would say there are certain cultural expectations or things that we call black because they've come to sort of stereotypically describe a lot of black communities. Mm -hmm. But but wouldn't you say there, there, there is no one black culture. No, right? There no. are multiple, and yes. and it, it depends on your background. It yes. depends on church upbringing, yes. and, and that. And you see, that's one of the key points that I that I argued in my dissertation, and then in by the waters of Babylon, 
is culture is actually an outflow and manifestation of your values Absolutely. and your beliefs and Absolutely. all of that. And so that doesn't mean there's only one right culture. There are many manifold ways of expressing biblical values. Right. But there's, but in, in the same respect, there's no one white culture. There's no one black culture. Right. There, there's these are ways of life and behaviors that come just because of common ways of living. And you live with a group of people long enough, you develop habits and, and expectations and those sorts of absolutely. things. Absolutely, right? absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that I I do often when I when I travel with with, with Daryl and uh, Harrison and and I, and we talk about issues of race and ethnicity and and where we came up with with race says of people I, I point back to Samuel Morton okay. uh, and his and his his Darwinian idea yes. of, of craniometry right <clears throat> we get we get the the pseudoscience of of craniometry it, it you know at the time of Darwin and his theories, yeah. uh, and as a result of that, people see these skulls uh, that are of certain sizes and shapes, and they say, "Okay, these are these are the Caucasoids, these are the Mongoloids, these these are the Negroids." And as a result of each category of people, uh, there were, and, and again, in Morton's mind, these were different acts of creation by God. Wow! Uh, and so those ideas were put forward and put in put in educational books, were put in our our science books. Yeah. Uh, I even remember seeing these images when I was younger in, in elementary school. Uh, it wasn't taught that these were different different ideas of creation at that time, <clears throat> but during the time of, of, of Dar Darwinian evolution, uh, late 1800s, this was something that was put forward and really helped uh, to to really uh, settle the idea of slavery. Yeah. So so that, that was I don't think most people realize how inherently racist Darwin was. Mm -hmm. I mean, we quote his book Origin of the Species, but don't finish. The we rest forget of it. the full title. Yeah. The origin of the species by means of natural selection, or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Absolutely. So he was a he was truly a racist. Yes. Darwinian theology is racist, mm -hmm. and that is actually what has come to define the modern discussions of race. Absolutely, right? absolutely does. Now all of that all of that's presented as a backdrop, both theologically, <laughs> scientifically, as we move forward into the you know nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, and of course at the time of of King in the fifties. Those ideas, separate as they were from biblical reality, mm -hmm. different as and 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 leverage for the purpose of separating and segregating people, we get all the things we mentioned. We have to have all of these Thirteenth uh, you know, Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, Fifteenth Amendment. We have to have you know a, a battle against these these codes, the, the black codes and uh, Jim Crow laws <clears throat> and the like. And so King comes along and, and sees that as problematic and says, "We've got to do something." Um, I don't see what he did initially or, or the desire to push back against uh, the, 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 the tyrannical laws that were in place as, as problematic. Okay. I don't believe that was the problem. I, I do believe some of the methodology in doing so was problematic. Like and that, what? And that's, well, I, I, think, I think, for example, I, I, the, the, the whole civil rights movement kind of, <clears throat> kind of began with Rosa Parks. Right. I was going to ask about her. Yeah, it began with Rosa Parks. Uh, what we have is the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah, um, it starts there with her getting on the bus. This is a segregated bus. Uh, she's at the front of she's 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 in the front of really the the black section, the colored section. So she's in the white section, but real close to the colored section. She's asked to be moved on the bus. She declines to do so. And as a result, she gets arrested <clears throat> and her arrest is followed up by NC, you know, NAACP and others. All of this was a plan. 
Okay. So historically, was it really? yes, uh, yes. Okay, I didn't realize. That. Yes, in fact, there were four other women who who were on buses who had done the same kind of uh, thing and gotten arrested. Uh, one, she young, was just the one that got the the notoriety. Well, the reason why was because the one young, the last young lady, and I I, I don't have her name in front of me, um, that got arrested. She was found to have uh, to 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 be uh, pregnant out of wedlock. Oh. And their thought process was she would not be a good that would not be a good look. Now today that would be a whole other conversation. <laughs> right. She'd be the poster child. <laughs> right. But back then the thought was you know what she wouldn't be a good look. So uh-huh. they got with Rosa Parks. They, they've got this this you know this elderly woman maid. You know she she's doing her thing. She gets arrested, uh, and they and they swoop in. Uh, as a result, you had and again there's so many details and, and you go to my article if you want to yeah. know the greater detail. But the the decision was uh, blacks who at the time represented about 70 percent of the bus riders at the Montgomery bus boycott ended up leaving the bus. They decided we're going to walk off of the bus. Okay. So they leave the bus. They no longer are riding on the bus. And what they do instead, in order to get to where they need to be, is they begin to pull monies and resources instead of instead of depending upon the government to do for them the government system of 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 the busing they do for themselves they figure out how to how to exchange the fares that they were paying they actually end up paying to one another Mm. and really begin at the time uh, what becomes really the first uber (laughs) of its kind during that time frame right so they're they're helping one another they're 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 seeing that economic inflow into black communities all of that is positive that fight lasted 381 days okay. so over a year for them to push the legislation or, or, or the or the, um, the, the 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 legal battle mm-hmm. <clears throat> into the four to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court decides yes they need to desegregate the buses so the win for that group is hey we're now back on the buses uh, riding and paying our fare back to the city that's a win. Right. Rather than recognizing that the real win was when they got off of the buses and economically sustained their own well-being in that process. And so from that, Martin Luther King is now at the forefront. Wait, so let me pause you. So you're saying it would have been better to not go back to the other buses, not not in the way, not in the way that that it was done. Okay. That, th- that's, that's where my, my contention is <clears throat> there's got to be a look, a view at what we, what, at what blacks at the time looked for in the way of validation. And so what they looked for in the way of validation was getting on a bus and sitting next to a white person. Yeah. That was validation rather than recognizing validation was we do for ourselves. And what we should have done was continue to do for ourselves until the city. Cause g- let me give, let me give you some, some quick numbers. The city lost 31 to 40,000 bus fares every single day. Wow. Every day. So they were losing that money in yeah. from, from the coffers. And, and eventually what could have taken place was they saw an economic advantage to, to equal partnership with blacks and saying, hey, what can we now do? That's a different position to be in altogether yeah. than to simply get government to step in. For for a Supreme Court decision I to see. cause to cause this yeah. this thing to turn around and happen and, and then they're back on the bus. The more we can do win. things organically and leave the government out of it, the better. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So that that's a, that's a, a line of argumentation that I that I took in in the first article as I kind of walked through it uh, and unpacked it. I, I would encourage people to take a look at that uh, issues of of Brown v, v, uh, v Board of Education. Yeah. We look at the benefit of the desegregation of the schools. What we don't look at is there were black teachers in black schools who, once the desegregation took place, had nowhere to go. Huh. So now they're out of a job, out of an opportunity to teach. Uh, these black teachers are, are, are gone. It's like almost anything. When the government steps in, 
they they might be fixing one problem. Yes. They don't realize they're creating five other problems. Absolutely. And but, it, whereas if it happened more organically, those other problems might have not been created. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot more in the article. I won't go through it line by line, but simply to say, I, I try to make some arguments that maybe perhaps either a, some people haven't thought about uh, or aren't willing to, 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 to in, in a clear eyed way, go back and look at and, and examine it. So that's, that's so you got more planned. Oh right? yes. Yep, yep. So I want to ask you about that before. Can I, can I plug a yeah, book? Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. Cause my, my goal in every episode is to plug as many G3 press books as I'm, possible. I'm with like you, that. brother. Absolutely. But this, this really ties into our discussion. We talked about the fact and I want to get back to this maybe too, and get your perspective on the fact that the modern civil rights movements and even Christian social justice movements mm-hmm are trying to solve the problems through division rather than unity. Absolutely. And this book uh, we published through G3 Press by John Benzinger, Pastor John Benzinger, Arizona, one of our G3 network pastors, doing a great work out there. Uh, and this really came out of his church, Stand mm-hmm. Christianity versus Social Justice, did a sermon series for his people on yeah. the topic, turned it into this book. So this is not like, you know, there, there's, there's a need for academic, heady, real in-depth, investigations into the problem of modern social justice movements. Right. This is not one of them. Right. This is more pastoral yes. and, and very readable, very helpful, uh, has has been a great help to many, many people, would be great for small groups and churches yes, for you know Wednesday nights, Sunday school. Yep. Uh, so I encourage you to t- take a look at Stand Christianity versus Social Justice yeah. by Benzinger. One thing I want to say about the, about the book is I had a chance to kind of read through it yeah. that I thought was incredibly helpful was you mentioned it, the, the pastoral nature yeah. that, that he took uh, to the issue of, of critical race theory, but the the exposition that he right. used. It's all rooted in scripture. It's all rooted in yeah. scripture. So it's it's not this idea that hey we're gonna we're gonna go find out what the the ten leading uh, critics or, 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 or ten leading critical race theorists said and then examine that. No, what does scripture have to say? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a very unique approach to most of the most of where the things we have to start. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't fall into the trap of arguing philosophically with wrong philosophy. Yes. We've got to argue biblically why these philosophies are anti-scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got some other things planned. Uh, n- the next one up uh, is is going to be called uh, The Truth About Martin Luther King. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that day's coming up. Yes. That so that's be... another curiosity I've had. Like you, you mentioned some of the good things. Mm-hmm. Is he a man to be admired? You know, we had all that controversy a couple of years ago with the Martin Luther King celebrations. Yes. How, how do we treat this man? Yes. Is, is he a is he a no, you know a, a noble Christian example? Right. How how do we view him? Yeah. How do you view him? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna save most of that yeah, for I was the article. Say, spoiler alert. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna save most of that for the article. But but needless to say, I'm gonna examine um, his 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 ideology. Okay. Uh, I want to examine his theology. Uh, I want to exa- and ex- also examine his methodology. Uh, and, and I really believe that, that what King does with and through civil rights really sets things up for the next fifty to sixty years for how the black church actually approaches um, issues in the culture. In a good way or in a, a bad in way? A, in, a, in a very negative way. Okay. In a very negative way. I, I, I'll make that case in the in the following uh, uh, article. Okay. Uh, and so I'll, I'll talk about how the black church responded to civil rights and how, how things transformed as a result. And, and even to the things that we're seeing today, you know, with, with Raphael Warnock's uh, of the world and others, you're going to, you're going to see why some of, some of the progression, some of the pr- progressive ideas that are being promoted from the pulpit are able to be, are able to be done because of the, what the midterm in. elections were unbelievable with how many black churches and black pastors were platforming democratic yep. candidates. Yep, yep. platforming liberal agendas yep. 
and it 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 doesn't make sense. I mean, you hear some of the uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me how how that how they get away with that. Yeah. Number one, yeah, and number two, why they would do it in some respects too. I mean, they they've been they've been lied to yes. in many respects. Yes. So you're saying that started all the way back with some of the problematic theology and methodology, even going back to King. Absolutely. When you start with, with King receiving the Margaret Sanger Award, for, uh, the, the, the person yeah. who, who you know started Planned Parenthood, uh, when you see those kinds of connections, and uh, again, you see today Raphael Warnock, who, who calls himself a, a pro-choice pastor right. uh, in the same church that, that was founded by King or, the, or that King preached in, um, there's, there's a correlation. Um, and and I'm I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the case in in in, uh, in the proceeding. So did, did, was King public about his views on abortion? He again most most who would who don't believe King most don't believe. Let me say it this way: most don't believe that King was an advocate for abortion. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna argue that King was very aware of Margaret Sanger and what her intents and plans were. Uh, when he received that award, he was the first to receive the Margaret Sanger Award. Uh, his wife went and gave the speech. He was he was not able to go. Okay. <clears throat> and and I'm going to walk through in the article. I'm going to walk through a portion of the speech that gives you a very clear indication that they were not they they they, they were not uh, uh, innocent in understanding what Sanger was trying to do. Okay. Uh, in and in and through the black community, particularly with her Negro project, uh, and and as a, as a result, uh, everyone else uh, who who would who would be impacted by by abortion. Well, why would he accept the award then? Maybe maybe that's spoiler. I don't know if you're going to address. Yeah, that. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll walk you through it. Okay, I can't yeah, I'll walk read you it. through it. Yeah. So yeah. those are the kinds of things that, that I'm going to be, be examining. That'll be the, the third one. Will be a, a a critique of of the black church where we've gone. And the yeah. fi- the final one that I'll do is I'll revisit the question that I asked at the beginning, which is did the civil rights movement fail? The black community. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make a case over the course of the next three or four, three three weeks, uh, and, and by the fourth, I, I'm going to I'm going to lay out my case, uh, make closing arguments, and and let the reader decide whether or not the civil rights movement was was good and the way that it was executed was good. You're not going to take budget. a position. I I I mean I think when I make You're my case, you're going to lead the le- reader inevitably to a position. Yeah 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 absolutely. I mean I can already guess what. That yeah, is absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah absolutely. So that's that's kind of where where we'll go and 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 where we'll kind of land the plane. With that said, man, I think that's going to wrap up our time today. Yeah. You got anything else you want to? Yeah add? no, I think I mean I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing the finish because I I've been convinced for a while. Again, not looking into the civil rights movement so much, but certainly following what's happened in the last four or five years with the social justice CRT yes, yes. I all that. Yep. It, and what I alluded to earlier, it, it seems that the the way that they're trying to solve racism, which even there, some of what they're calling racism is not. So that's a whole other problem. Yep. But even if, okay, even if there is racism that does ex- still exist, mm-hmm. the solutions seem to be more about dividing rather than unifying. Right. And, and why not take the biblical approach, especially if we claim to be Christians, mm-hmm. of number one, uh, d- defining race as singular and emphasizing the unity that we have right. as human beings right. and then especially as Christians emphasizing the unity that we have in Christ. Right. Real quick an- anecdote, I was teaching several years ago on this subject of race and culture and I had a black student, great student, pastor, uh, and I made this point and he said, I don't think my people in my church would like to hear that. Mm. An emphasis on unity. Right. And I that was that was I think it was the first time I encountered that said so clearly. Because yeah. we had a good relationship yeah. and he wasn't he wasn't battling. He was just saying how it is. Interesting. And it it I, it just struck me. Yeah. Why why would we want division? Right. But that's where we are. It is. 
in the modern civil rights movement and even the modern Christian social justice movement. It is. An emphasis on division as the so-called solution mm-hmm. rather than the unity of the human race right. and the unity of the body of Christ. Right, right. Those are the biblical no, solutions. No doubt. You see that. I think you see that primarily in, in black churches as a result of, I even go back because King was influenced by Walter Rauschenbusch. Yeah. Uh, and his social gospel, right. heavily influenced by that. And then, then out of that, you you have uh, liberation theology, then black liberation theology of James Cone. Um, so, so when you have those kinds of things in place, they, lay the, they, they really lay, the, they're the first to lay a theological foundation for a godless Marxist ideology yeah. to come in, which is what which is what critical theory is, yep. which is where critical race theory gets its its foundation. The, it, critical race theory is laid on top of that theological framework by by James Cone, and that has uh, unknowingly permeated so much of the quote unquote black church uh, and churches at large uh, that that's why you see that that, that the, the promotion of division rather than than unity, yeah. and yeah. and so that that's that's where that. Well, your work is much needed. Go go follow these posts and uh, maybe maybe some bigger projects down the road too. We'll we'll, we'll see we'll yeah. see. Appreciate yeah. your work. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of the G three podcast. We're excited that you joined us and uh, tune in uh, with us next time for the next episode.